0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, Mr. News, hit it! <laughs> Next on the Ledger Report, January 6, 2021, a day that will live in constitutional infamy. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in sit back and relax as we unfold this edition of the ledger report
1: there was a time a time before cable when the local anchor man reigned supreme and in san diego one anchorman was more man than the rest his name was ram ledger <laughs> But go home and go home in
0: peace. Stop tape. So this was the controversial video that Twitter and Facebook would not allow to have on their platforms. This horrible video of the President of the United States suggesting to people that they go home in peace suggesting to people that he loves them. Suggesting to people that we cannot play into their hands. And of course, what he means by that is use their tactics. The same tactics that they used during the summer. Right? In Portland and in Seattle and in Los Angeles and in... I'll never forget those images in New York City. Where Macy's was being Ransacked. And nobody was doing anything. Nobody. No police. No resistance. And we were supposed to just sit there and say, oh, well, uh, they've been cooped up for a long time because of the pandemic. We're just supposed to turn a blind eye to the looting and the rioting and the Black Lives Matter Plaza. So sick of this stuff. So sick of this stuff. Where are we now? Post-January 6, 2021. A day that will live in infamy because Congress certified a fraudulent election. So where are we? Well, we're a little bit like the pre-Moses period in the Bible, in the biblical times, where... The chosen people, the Israelites, were wandering around kind of lost, biblically speaking. We're not necessarily lost politically speaking, but we've got some major thinking to do now. And we've got some major issues to address. Some short-term but mostly long-term kind of stuff. And these are the issues that I'm going to be talking about with you over the course of the next weeks, months, and, and presumably years. Because our constitutional republic is broken. And it's clearly being exhibited by this never-ending attack on the 45th president of the United States. And I've chronicled how this president has been attacked from day one. He was attacked before. He was even sworn in as president of the United States. Unprecedented. But now, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, it is precedented. So the next Republican or conservative or constitutionalist president that's sworn into office, the template already exists for the roadmap to attack and kneecap this president, like never before seen in this country until... Around 2015, 2016, thanks, Barack Obama. There's your legacy, Barack Obama, and we'll talk about him in just a minute. Barack Obama's legacy is to perpetuate the greatest political conspiracy and attack on this republic in its history. Spying on a then-candidate, Trump, and then fueling a phony narrative and a phony investigation about so-called Russian collusion that didn't happen. And if it did happen, it happened between the Democrats and the Russians. And the Mueller and the Comey. And then the phony impeachment based on nothing. Absolutely nothing. And then, of course, the conspiracy of the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus to destroy what was one of, if not the greatest economy in U.S. history. Because the Democrats knew that the Achilles' heel, so-called for the President of the United States at that time, is the booming economy. So what could they do? They They could have a twofer. So there was that conference call that I know existed between Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo and Pritzker and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, and they conspired. They said, well, We're governors, of blue states, and we control roughly one-third of the U.S. gross domestic product. What if we shut down our economies in the name of public health? And so they did. And that fueled an unprecedented attack again on the president of the United States, this time accusing him of killing Americans for not doing enough in response to the Wuhan coronavirus when this president did all he could do. And I want to take a moment to say thank you to the president because I don't know if we do enough thank yous to this president. Thank you for taking all the arrows. Thank you for standing up for the United States Constitution. Thank you for nominating and and getting on board to the Supreme Court, I think, and to lower courts, I believe, constitutional jurists. Thank you for securing the southern border. Thank you for putting America first. Thank you for standing up to the communist Chinese. Thank you for standing up to NATO and making sure that these countries pay their fair share. Thank you for always thinking about Americans and how he can make Americans' lives not necessarily better, But Because that's not the job of the president. But to make the environment better, and he did. And he did. And when I would talk to my daughter during the the Trump years, I would be optimistic. Now, we have to be realistic. I'm not going to be pessimistic. I've never been pessimistic with you. But I have been honest, and I will continue to be honest. These next two to four years are not going to be easy. And think back to 2009 and 2010 when we started forming our Tea Parties in response to a Marxist president who was running roughshod over us and our constitutional rights and our republic. Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts because it's going to happen again. You know, 2021 and 2022 are going to be rough. Doesn't mean that we can't do the blueprint that we made all over again and remake the Congress. But we also can't be defining insanity here. And this is what I'm going to be talking to you about over these, at least in the first quarter, second quarter of 2021. We cannot define insanity. We can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And I'm talking in particular the Republican Party. But I'm also talking Washington, D.C., a.k.a. the swamp. And so my pledge and my plea to you is to listen to me and follow me down a constitutional path to... Remake government at the federal level and possibly your state level and remake our political system if you will through a constitutional prism always using the constitution this little book the second greatest document ever produced by mankind as our guide always as our guide Because it's fight or flight time, and I'm going to go down fighting. And we know, we know our history, that great countries, you know, they peak and then they start having problems. And we've seen it throughout history. And our job is to make this not the end of a great republic, but just a little valley. And then we're going to go back up again. And Donald Trump has left a wonderful legacy and foundation, and we'll talk about that, I think, in the next couple of weeks or so. Uh, and we should chronicle it and remember it and, and try and build on it and try and protect it because it's going to be attacked. For example, the tax cuts. You know, Joe Biden comes out and says he's going to lower taxes for all Americans. It's nonsense. They're going to attempt to undo the Trump tax cuts. And that means a tax increase for all Americans. And by the way, when you raise taxes on the so-called wealthy, we all know what that means. And we all know what it does to the economy. I can't quite explain what the stock market is thinking right now. Um, I'm a little mystified as to how happy it is. But it it should be probably a warning sign to you that maybe you ought to think about uh, taking some stuff off the table, as Jim Cramer says. This may be the moment in time. I'm not giving stock advice. It's just something I'm thinking about because some of this stuff doesn't add up. And you look at our debt at $28 trillion, and then we have a robust housing market, for example. Yet we're seeing defaults start to line up like they did in 2007 and 2008. We are. We're starting to see defaults. And why not? We crushed the economy. What do you expect? Even though interest rates are artificially low, and that's another thing. How long can you keep interest rates artificially low? And if they do start floating up, what happens to the national debt? What happens to the debt service? (laughs) What happens to the unfunded liability of more than $200 trillion? Hmm? What happens to the IOUs that exist in Social Security and Medicare? Hmm? What about that highway trust fund that's always raided? These are the kinds of things that we've got to engage and we've got to think about long term and how we're going to fix issues like this long term. And there are constitutional methods, and I will get into that at some point in time. But I want to talk about the so-called Trump mob. Do you know who they were? You know, we've seen these pictures of this guy with the tats and the... The fur standing there ostensibly as a Trump supporter, yet, you know, some journalists on Facebook and I, I, they are journalists because journalism is dead. The, the mainstream media's rendition of journalism is dead. And now we're all journalists. And so some citizen journalists on Facebook did some digging and they figured out he was an actor and he's got an actor card. And he's, who's he acting for? Was he acting in a capacity there? Was he being paid? I don't know. Who is this guy? Maybe he's a Trump supporter. Maybe he's in Nancy Pelosi's pocket. I don't know. I don't know. But when I look at, quote, the mob... And then I look at the... And I heard some of these members of Congress, by the way, hiding in their office. What cowards. We're hiding in our office. We're afraid. Yeah, you damn well right. You better be afraid. Because there are 80, 100 million, 150 million Americans who are mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. Do you hear us? We are mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. Now, I'm not suggesting that those were the people inside the Capitol that broke in. I don't know who they were. I do know that the young lady who was shot, Ashley Babbitt, shot in the neck, unarmed civilian shot in the neck. Who shot her? Huh? Was it the Capitol Hill police? And why did they shoot her? I want to know who shot her in the neck the Air Force veteran that she, that she was, 14 years. I want to know what happened. But some of the stuff we're never going to know, right? Who were these people in the building? Were they Antifa? Were they Black Lives Matter? I think I know what happened here. There were some rebel rousers, as there always are, among a large group. I don't know what affiliation they had. Some idiots, okay? And Mob mentality took over and probably some Trump supporters were right behind them. Like this Ashley. And they went in and, but most people at that rally did not. Most people were probably shocked and like, holy cow, what are they doing? Right? We know this to be true. But of course the broad... Brush being painted that all these crazy Trump supporters need to be punished, right? All these members of Congress who had the guts to come out and say, hey, we had election fraud. They need to be punished, too. No, we need to stick together on this one. Yeah, sure, whatever. Condemn what happened in the Capitol. But you know what? If there were Trump people involved, I understand. People asked me yesterday. Well, do you condone what they did? No, I understand what they did. I don't understand looting Macy's. I don't. I don't understand taking over city blocks and claiming it to be their police-free zone. No, I don't understand that. But I do understand the frustration of an electorate that knows a fraudulent election, was certified, and at that point about to be certified, by the United States Congress. I totally understand that. And I looked at the video, by the way, and I saw what went on there. You saw what went on there. And some of these Capitol Hill police, almost escorting them in, almost guiding them, into the rotunda I I mean it was unbelievable I posted one video I said it's a good thing this guy of course he's outnumbered I get it I get it but I said it's a good thing this guy wasn't on Iwo Jima because we'd be speaking Japanese right now if he was and there were other videos where the police are just pulling back come on in (laughs) it made no sense (laughs) it's cuckoo but we've got to find constitutional solutions. And this effort to blame the president and this collusion that's going on on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, we've got to go out to the alternatives. parlor. I'm still looking for the definitive compliment to Facebook. I, I'm on we but it doesn't seem to be getting traction. Give me another one, please. Give me another one. Uh, the alternative to YouTube is Rumble. I'm trying to establish. It's got a lot of a lot of bugs. And you people on Rumble, you got an opportunity. You're to need to knock out these bugs. Okay, you need to make it. I know it's slightly different than YouTube, but you need to make it as user friendly as YouTube. Okay, do it. Your app sucks. You shouldn't have two apps because you want to upload a video to Rumble. Okay, fix your app. If you're going to be a player, be a player. But to blame Trump is insanity. You saw—you just heard the video. You saw it. Presidents say, hey, we were robbed, but we don't want to act like them. That's a pretty clear message. Pretty clear to me. Yet we have these morons in the media now. And in Congress and probably among the Republican Party talking about, quote, triggering the 25th Amendment. They're so stupid. Do you know the 25th Amendment? First of all, it's, it's a difficult threshold. Donald Trump doesn't qualify. But tertiarily, it ta- it's a higher threshold to, if you will, impeach that president than it is to just simply impeach him. <laughs> Two-thirds, the Congress. Impeachment is just a simple majority. You really think you're going to get two-thirds of Congress when you have 100 brave people in the House of Representatives that stood up, more than 100 maybe, and said, hey, there is election fraud and we need to look at it? Like this newly sworn in, I believe, congresswoman from Colorado. Her name is Lauren Bobbert. Listen to her. Roll tape.
1: The oath that I took this past Sunday to defend and support the Constitution makes it necessary for me to object to this travesty. Otherwise, the laws passed by the legislative branch merely become suggestions to be accepted, rejected, or manipulated by those who did not pass them. Madam Speaker, I have constituents outside this building right now. I promise my voters to be their voice.
0: Stop tape. Brave uh, member of Congress. I hope she stays that way. I hope the former party of Reagan doesn't pollute her because this is no longer the party of Reagan. The Republican Party has got real structural problems. And again, it's something we've got to deal with soon. What do we want to do with the modern Republican Party? Do we want to just relegate it to the Whig Party? Or do we want to try and work with it? This is the fundamental question that we're going to have to answer here. But this Lauren Bobbert has got guts. Unfortunately, I was watching the proceedings when Michigan was brought up by Pence. And I will tell you that these folks who were hoping that Mike Pence was going to put on a Superman cape, I tried to warn you, it's... First of all, it's not in his DNA to be Superman. It's not. You know who Mike Pence is. He's a very Christian person. He's probably a very good person. I've never met him. But I I don't think he is a field general. In other words, he might have been a member of Congress, and he might be the Vice President of the United States, but in the leadership department, he's no Donald Trump. He's no General patent, is he? Um, and from a constitutional perspective, the, the one thing that I think he could have done is said, hey, you know, we have these issues with the electors. Um, he could have suggested that, yeah, the states take another look at this. There's nothing stopping him from saying something like that. I don't believe he has the constitutional power to order it. But I believe he could have gone on the record and said, hey, Georgia, hey, Pennsylvania, there are real issues here. And we need to look at this paperwork that these brave members of Congress are bringing up, and you should have another look at your electoral malfeasance. He could have done that. I don't know if anything would have ended up differently. And I'm sure Nancy Pelosi would have gone (gasps) behind that mask of hers. (gasps) But you know what? I always like to say during times of crises, during times of of pressure, extreme pressure, the true person, the true individual comes out. The true character of a person is exhibited during tough times on Iwo Jima or during the Battle of the Bulge. And no, I don't think many of these people in Congress on Capitol Hill would have served us very well during those battles. It takes guts. And I don't think that Mike Pence has those guts. So Michigan, when Michigan came up, these phony senators, these phony Republican senators who said like Loeffler out of Georgia, I'm glad she lost. And there's another issue there, Georgia. You got a real problem coming up for governor you got a rogue rhino in your governor's mansion and then you got stacy abrams you better get another candidate you really better think about getting another candidate and get rid of this guy kemp somebody who's real because this guy's i don't know what he is anymore said he was a constitutional conservative he's not something's wrong Uh, So Michigan goes down because these phony senators who promised to sign on takes a senator and it takes a member of Congress and the senators went away. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Same thing with Nevada. Then Pennsylvania come up and we saw some guts from senators, including, and I want to name names now at this point, because there were only seven senators that had the guts to say, hey, there's a problem in Pennsylvania. There's a little bit of a problem when you mail out 1.8 absentee ballots, you receive 1.4 absentee ballots, 1.4 million, 1.8 million, 1.4 received, yet you count 2.5 million. That's a bit of a problem. It's a bit of a problem when you have a governor and you have a Supreme Court state-level trampling upon the United States Constitution, stealing the Article II, Section 1 powers from the legislature. Outright constitutional highway robbery in broad daylight. Yet, only seven Senators had a problem with that. Who are they? Ted Cruz. Thank you, Ted Cruz. Josh Howley. Cindy Hyde out of Mississippi. Cynthia Loomis out of Wyoming. Roger Marshall, Kansas. Rick Scott out of Florida. And Tommy Tuberville out of the newly sworn in out of uh, Alabama. Where is this great constitutionalist from Utah, Mike Lee? Huh? Where is this great libertarian, Rand Paul? Seven Republicans. Seven Republicans out of 50-plus had the constitutional guts to say, hey, there's a problem. Unbelievable. There is a fundamental structural problem with the Republican Party. And we are going to have to address it. And just for the record, you know, a lot of people like to attack Lynn Wood. Even his former client uh, sent a couple of arrows his way. The uh, uh, cathed- uh, cathedral Catholic—I'm um, blanking on the name of the school. The the young man who was defended by Lynn Wood—he um, he came out and and gave a report on the Fraudulent votes, the votes that need to be investigated in each state Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And I want you to remember this, all right, for a final time here, uh, because uh, we have to move on whether we like it or not. Doesn't mean that we're going to accept another fraudulent election, doesn't mean we have to accept the 2020 fraudulent election. but we also have to start being in the in the present and in the future. So here they are, he totaled them up. Arizona, margin of victory for Joe Biden was only 10,000 votes. Ballots that need investigations more than 660,000. Georgia, margin 10,000. Ballots that need examination more than 1.5 million. Nothing to see there, huh? Senator Loeffler Michigan Margin of victory 147,000 Ballots in question More than 600,000 Nevada 34,000 Margin of victory Ballots in question More than 210,000 Wisconsin 10,000 Margin of victory 400,000 Ballots in question And uh, The Keystone State Pennsylvania The margin of victory was 68,000. Anybody believe that? 68,000 was the margin of victory. Ballots in question, 860,000 plus plus. I'm not doing that to turn your stomach. Uh, I'm just trying to give you a little bit of evidence. And we have Barack Obama running around the country right now blaming me and other conservative media. The... Media ecosystem, the conservative media ecosystem, Barack Obama says, is what fueled this mob, if you want to call it that, angry mob in Washington, D.C. Wasn't exactly the most uh, angry of angry mobs, was it? I mean, when you compare the video of what transpired at Macy's in New York or on the streets of Los Angeles... There was some massive, massive vandalism and theft going on. And just people walking right through plate glass windows and stealing expensive. I remember one guy walking out with art, doesn't even know what to do with it. You know, stuff from Rodeo Drive kind of thing. Probably $50,000 piece of art. Oh, look, what am I going (laughs) to? Go ahead and try and fence that. And Barack Obama blames us. Blames me. Blames you. Barack Obama is the enemy. The modern Democrat Party is the enemy. They have declared war on us. We didn't declare this war. They're attacking us. They're attacking our republic. They're attacking our way of life. They're attacking our constitution. And so we have two choices. We can sit back and just let them attack, or we can fight back. And Donald Trump has been our field general. And maybe he still will be during the Biden administration. It's not easy for me to say that. And yes, he's illegitimate. Of course he's illegitimate. Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. And he knows it. And he's got dementia. And he knows it. And everybody else knows it. And we know that Kamala, Kamala, homewrecker Harris, probably after the 2022 election cycle, is going to take over. 25th Amendment. Whatever. Biden resigns. He's got a health issue. He's going to have an aneurysm. Who knows? The guy isn't healthy. I mean, let's face it. He can barely even walk. Trips over his dog. So Obama and, um, and the modern Democrat Party are the enemy. And they're at war with us. And they have declared war. And so we have to fight back. There, we have no other choice. And we have things we need to do. And in the future, I'm going to discuss these things with you. I'm going to try and channel our focus, like we're, we're doing in California right now, with step one is the recall of a rogue Marxist governor um, who wants to be president, by the way. And then California has to institute some permanent structural changes and can do so through their constitution. We, at the federal level need to institute permanent structural changes. And so it's time to revive something that I have talked about now since 2013, roughly, and that's a convention of the states. We need to trigger Article article 5 of the United States Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. Please, you people out there who are telling me, oh, the convention can go rogue, we have a country that's gone rogue. We have a constitutional process that's gone rogue. They corrupted and stole our franchise. We have got to attempt to put the genie back into the constitutional bottle, and Congress is not going to do it. We have to do it. We have to give term limits. We have to have a balanced budget amendment. And we have to make electoral permanent changes at the federal level That will apply to all states. And I know the framers of the Constitution wouldn't have wanted that initially, but if they were alive today, James Madison, George Mason, George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, if they were alive today and they were writing their Federalist papers, Hamilton and Madison, they'd be saying, yeah, you know what? These blue states are out of control. We need national voter ID. We need a national singular election day, not month. We need to have the polls close at 8 o'clock local time. And we need to have, if you want to have these mail-in ballots, which I don't know if Ben Franklin would prescribe to this, but if, if you still want to have mail-in ballots, then you've got to have it notarized, period. That's it. End of story. There's your end of, of voter fraud. It's going to end it instantly if you institute those simple things. So at the federal level, we've got to do Convention of the States, and we've got to have a real discussion now, and we, we need to figure out quickly what we're going to do with the Republican Party. You let me know. I have my ideas, and I'll talk to you more about it. Are we going to try and work with it and fix it? Is it fixable? Or are we going to take a stick of dynamite to the modern Republican Party? Because the Republican Party has clearly left us. This establishment Republican Party, which I don't know what percentage it is and Lincoln Project out there. Congratulations, you blew up the Republican Party. Donald Trump didn't blow up the Republican Party. Donald Trump invigorated the Republican Party. (laughs) Donald Trump blew some fresh air into the Republican Party. It's the establishment so-called never Trumpers that are the problem because they don't want new life in the Republican Party. They don't want a return to Reagan principles. They want their neat little Washington, D.C., New York City little lifestyle. And their coffers filled with all their friends. It's incestual. It's disgusting, frankly. So the goal is defend the Constitution at all costs. Was that angry mob defending the Constitution at all costs? I don't know. I don't think so. It's not something we really want to do. But I will tell you this. That at some point, red-blooded Americans are going to be pushed and pushed no more. They're going to be pushed over the brink. And I have called for a second Declaration of Independence and the elements within the second declaration of independence are going to be born of a lot of things I just discussed. And that is a convention of the States. We've got to band together. We've got to declare an independence from rogue anti-constitutional government and dictators and tyrannical government. So those of us who care about the constitution, in my opinion, need to declare a second declaration of independence from this socialist, George Soros-driven attack on this republic. And what does that Declaration of Independence look like? Well, it looks like the Constitution. (laughs) And we need to defend the Constitution at all costs. But we need to break away, philosophically and down the road, if we can't do it philosophically, politically, maybe physically break away from this rogue element that has taken over our government, and that includes the swamp. And yes, during the uh, uh, Convention of the States, we can deal with the swamp. For example, just something as simple as term-limiting federal employees. Who says we can't do that, huh? Who says we can't cap salary at two thirds the, the rate in the public sector? So we once again don't make public service a career. You imp- implement those couple things, you don't make it that attractive to go. Yeah, maybe you go serve for a little while, or maybe you're not qualified to be in the public sector, so you go in uh, the private sector, so you go in the public sector for a little while, but then you're term limited out. Then you got to get out of there. Why can't we do that? Uh, Hell yeah, we can do that. That's how you drain the swamp. Donald Trump never really had a chance to drain the swamp because the swamp was fighting bad. But we, the people, we can drain the swamp through Article 5. Defend the Constitution at all costs. We are mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. Because we had an election, our franchise, stolen. And we cannot let it happen again. And we can't let up about 2020. We cannot let up. We need to continue to talk about it. And so on GrahamLedger.com, the question is a good one. Would you support Donald Trump if he and other Republican leadership form a new constitutional political party. Would you support Donald Trump and folks like myself if we said, okay, we're going to form this party, you Republicans, come come to the promised land. It's the constitutional promised land. Abandon this party that purports to be for the Constitution but isn't. Or possibly co-op an existing party. Work with and co-op, if you will, an existing party. I don't agree with everything the Libertarian Party says and does. Domestically, mostly I'm in line. Foreign policy, we would have to tinker a little bit, (laughs) to say the least. But it's a possibility. I want you to think about it. Defend the Constitution at all costs. GrahamLedger.com, you can answer that question there. Or you can go to the uh, zipapp.com if you would like to answer it there. But this reminds me a lot of 1992, when Bill Clinton defeated George H.W. Bush and my pit in my stomach, and then even worse, in 2008, when the lame candidate of John McCain went down in flames, and the Marxist, who was wholly underqualified to be president, won. Barack Obama. We're in that situation again. We survived it then. We've lost a bit of a constitution along the way. Each one of those, they've chipped away at the constitution, but we can get it back if we stick together and we implement these certain things that we'll be talking about um, over the first quarter of 2021. This day, though, I want you to remember January 6, 2021, is a day that will live in infamy because your Congress certified a fraudulent election. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the archives of the Library of Congress. Thank you for listening and watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I am wrong, I'm right.